Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I'll make you exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make nations of you, and kings will come from, forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout your generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I'll be their God. Now this is a chapter where God does a lot of talking about some different things that are important in this story. Abram's 99 years old, so it's about 13 years after the previous chapter. And the Lord talks about himself and what he's going to do for Abram. He says in verse 1, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. What does it mean to walk before the Lord? Uh, I'm thinking you realize you're in his presence. I think that's exactly right. There is so much in the Bible that emphasizes the importance of recognizing God's presence and having an awareness that we are before God. Sometimes we don't think about that as much as we should. I'm just thinking of one passage. There's a lot of these, but like a passage we're pretty familiar with. 2 Timothy 4.1 I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom preach the word. Now we often hasten to the preach the word the rebuke, reprove and exhort and all that and we kind of pass over how Paul introduced that. But when you charge somebody in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who's to judge the living and the dead, you're saying, I'm giving you this command with you and I being aware God and Jesus are present. There's a lot of those passages in the epistles. And so I think this is what we need to do as well. Walk before God always looking to him, orienting our life to his presence, and always being aware we're in his presence. Uh, I read a book years ago. It was an okay book, but it had one great thought. It talked about you just need to practice the presence of God. And it talked about different situations in which you need to think about God being present. It was a good, good concept. And I think that's what he's saying to Abram here. So that's what Abram needs to do. Comments and thoughts about that? The rest of this is really what the Lord's going to do. I will establish my covenant and multiply you exceedingly. Remember, Abram doesn't have any children that God's going to multiply his descendants through. Abram doesn't realize that yet. And uh, he says, my covenant's with you. Um, notice this phrase, as for me. We're going to see this as for phrase 
Look at verse 9, now as for you. Look at verse 15, as for Sarai, your wife. That's kind of the organizing principle in this, uh, in this chapter. So as for me, God says, I made this covenant with you. You're going to be the father of a multitude of nations. I'm going to change your name. Uh, showing, you know, the magnitude of his change. He's the, he's the father of a multitude now. Abraham. And even, verse 6 may be the only passage that I know of, of God's promises. Uh, I may have missed something. But where he says, kings will come from you. He says that to Sarai in, in 16, verse 16. But, but he's going to have a multitude of people and not just ordinary people. It's going to be kings come from him. You know, I'll establish this covenant with you and your descendants. I'll give you the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. So this is all the things God is going to do. And the name change is kind of the sign that God really will do what he's promising to Abram right here. So a very important passage for in Abram's life. Kind of an elaboration on some of the details of Genesis chapter 12. Comments and questions? Cameron. The promise of kings, that kind of strikes me as strange since when the children of Israel wanted a king, God, God didn't like that idea. But here he promises them kings. That's a good point. Um, and even Deuteronomy chapter 17 uh, tells what the king ought to do. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, Deuteronomy 17, 14, and you possess it and live in it, and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. And he starts giving him all the rules for the king. Here's what I think. I think God intended for them to have kings. I don't think God was pleased with them wanting a king like the nations to fight their battles for them. And what I really think, when God gave them Saul, he gave them the king like they wanted. What was Saul's prime qualification for kingship? He was tall. Man, you want a warrior king. You know, he, had, he was head and shoulders above the others. Oh yeah, that's what we want. A real he-man to fight our battles. So God gave them the kind of king they wanted. That didn't work out too well. You know, then God gave them a king like what? Remember what he calls David? After his own heart. After his own heart. He gave the kind of king he wanted them to have. He wasn't against that. In fact, David was a prime person in his kingship uh, uh, as, a, as a foreshadowing of Jesus. And God gives the promise to David that there'll be a descendant of his who will have an everlasting kingdom. So I think God's good with a king, but not the kind of king they were asking for, but the kind of king he wanted them to have. So I, I don't think this took God by surprise, and I don't think he was unwilling for them to have a king, just not the Saul-type king. That's what I think. Good question. And could it also mean Jesus being the king from that line? Well, certainly. It climaxes with Jesus. You know, all the others were kind of, uh, a, you know, poor... Uh, you know, shadow of what he would be. So, yes. I had a cross-reference in Genesis 35, 11. God said to Jacob, 
that kings would come forth. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Glad to know that. Very good. Good point. Very good. Other thoughts and comments? Oh, did you do the one Seventeen. Seventeen, fourteen, twelve. All right. Um, well, the as for you part. Uh, nine to fourteen. God said further to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. The servant who is born in the house, or who was bought with money from any foreigner, who is not of your descendants. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He shall he has broken my covenant. Okay. So what's the sign of the covenant God's making with Abraham here? Circumcision. He gives detailed instructions about that. And he seems to regard this as quite important. What happens if you aren't? You can be cut off from the rest of the people. Exactly. So you either cut or you're cut off. What does that exactly mean they were cut off? Now, that doesn't mean put to death, right? I think cast out. Okay. And so, what we're going to see in the latter part of this chapter, Abraham Abraham does that right then and there. You know, he doesn't delay. That would not have been a pleasant process, you've got to imagine. But they do exactly what God says, and uh, this is what God wants. You know, there's probably all kinds of things God had in mind with circumcision. Maybe even the cutting in the circumcision parallels the phrase they use for making a covenant. They would sometimes cut a covenant. But, but the thing that I see most from the New Testament standpoint is we must be circumcised too. We must have the flesh cut off from our heart and from our life, the sins. And so I see a lot of things God did in the Old Testament that maybe you could not in the Old Testament have seen as thoroughly as you do in the New. Though Deuteronomy talks about circumcising the heart. That wasn't just a New Testament concept. But, but, but what you see is that that circumcision had a much deeper meaning as we go forward. Um, so, comments and questions on that section. Hey, I want to say back on the name change of Abram. Uh, again, I, I'd written that the, the name went from Abram, uh, father exalted, to Abraham, father uh, of multitudes. Yes. So, it's inter- just interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is making it more concrete, more powerful, that he's really going to have a lot of descendants. Yeah. I haven't forgotten about you. Yes, that's God right. Saying to it. Yeah. That's right. Cameron. 
So did the ham part of that mean multitudes? Cause ham, sham, and japheth. Would that mean his name meant multitudes? I doubt it. I suspect it's Raham that means multitude, but I'm by no means a Hebrew scholar. So. Other comments or questions? All right, how about 15 to 22, as for Sarai? 15 to 21. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. So... Change Sarai's name too. And her name now is Sarah. Uh, and she is going to give Abraham a son and would become the mother of nations and kings would come from her. What's Abraham's reaction to this, you know, surprising announcement? Yeah. yeah. And of course, that's going to become the name of Isaac, laughter. And uh, he just, this is kind of unbelievable. And, and what does Abraham say to God? Oh, that Ishmael might live. Yeah, here. Let, let Ishmael be the one. You know, through him we can fulfill. After all, there's no way that Sarah, Sarah and I can have a son. So, so we'll make an issue. I'm sure that's what Abraham has been thinking these whole 13 years. Hmm. You know, to me, Ishmael was in Abraham's mind, probably in Sarah's mind, the son of promise all this time. <clears throat> I don't know this, but I wonder if Abraham had shared the promises with Ishmael and had told him, you're going to receive this, you're going to have this, you're going to, because you're my son. I don't know. But I see Abraham thinking, no, it's Ishmael. I don't think Abraham really had given a thought to, you know, this being somebody else. They fulfilled this. They, they gave God a hand and they've got their son and everything's cool. But that's not God's plan. And God even names the, the, the son that's going to come from Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had not thought about that, but... But this is a surprise, really a surprise to Abraham. Yes, it is. Yeah. He did not know this for 13 years. That makes us uh, wonder about his fate. Huh? 
Well, I mean, how strong it was at that point. Well, I don't know if it was very strong when he accepted Sarai's suggestion, but, you know, I mean, maybe there wasn't a reason for him to think that Ishmael wouldn't be the son until this point. Mm. You know, because God had said, he'll come from you. He's not Eliezer, back in chapter 15. But I don't know that God had specifically nailed down Ishmael can't be because it has to come from Sarah. Abram and Sarah, Sarah certainly think that's adequate, at least. That language in verse 18, that, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Is yeah. that the same, you think that's the same idea that, you know, God said, walk before me? Maybe so. And I think here, may he be the one before you that you choose yes. to bless and yes. fulfill these promises. Yes. <laughs> but he says, no, Sarah, your wife, will bear your son. You shall call his name Isaac. I'll establish my covenant with him for his descendants. Ishmael, I've heard you. I'm going to bless him. He'll be fruitful. He'll be the father of 12 princes. He'll be a great nation. But my covenant, that's with Isaac. So God makes it very clear. Yeah, there's, there's you know, a future for Isaac. Or for Ishmael, rather. But it's not, he's not the one of the covenant. That's Isaac. Quite, quite important information for Abraham right here. Comments and thoughts. I think the timing that he, he foretells is important too. I mean, God's been telling him this for a long time, but now it's finally a year from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't doubt God's power. You know, when everything looks like, well, it can't work out that way. Well, who's to say? God's been able to do a whole lot of things that everybody would have said he couldn't do. We're always, if it, if it doesn't look probable, give up on God. Yeah. Other thoughts? All right, well, we should probably stop here, but uh, we'll pick up the rest of this chapter and uh, go on into chapter 18.